Uh, Alex, what's your uh, favourite Taylor Swift song? Wouldn't know one, never heard one. Not sure what we're talking about. Okay, well, I am today launching on Pie Hard our biggest ever celebrity arms race operation. Oh, here we go. And it's to get Taylor Swift down to the AIA Centre. You're not talking a la about Josh Giddy. Celebrity arms race, are you? Full tour of the AIA Vitality Centre, the spa, the property room, oh, the weights room, wouldn't she the hyperbaric it? chamber. <laughs> shoot some shots. Shoot yeah. some shots with, with Quainer and uh, Howe and Pendlebury and Cox. She could have a jam. Who's who's our resident, Alistair Clarkson? Who could she jam with? Who could she jam with? I think ah, that's a really good question. Collingwood musicians. I feel like Crisp would be pretty handy. He's got the kind of- uh, big, Spends a lot of time at home. The big earring kind of like hard yeah. rock look. Bobby Hill, I reckon, would be great. Mm, crooner. Front man. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's I don't honest, know. I don't know. It's a really, it's a really good question. I don't know if we have that many musicians at the moment. If but- there's a Taylor Swift of the pies, it would be John Noble. Yes. <laughs> All right. You know, can you just expand on that one? Not where I was going, but yeah. Oh, it's just that lovable, lovable cherubic, cherubic face. You know. Yeah. It can hold a stadium in the palm of his hand. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to ask you this question. So, if, if we do officially, you know, look to target. Taylor Swift, who mm. is coming to Australia playing, you know, a couple of sold out shows at the MCG. Very hard to get a ticket. Which I we believe. should. Um, who would be the Collingwood delegation that you would pull together to go and approach Taylor or Taylor's team to convince her? Because there's what, 17 other clubs mm. to get the signature, to get it down for the content. As much as I'd like to say Jeff Brown, I'm not sure that's the. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the it didn't work at, it didn't work with Heretia, so I think we, no. we, we park that. As much as I'd like to say Peter, um, Dacos, not Frampton. Actually, Peter Frampton, <laughs> Peter Billy Frampton's yeah. got a good I just think I think back to Heretia wooing or trying to woo Serena Williams. Um, it was kind yes, of like an aborted ago. attempt to, to, to get her on the list for the celebrity arms race. I'm not sure it really worked. He also tried the Dalai Lama and others. But um, I think he converted the Dalai Lama. Looking. The Dalai Lama wore a Collingwood jumper, first time ever. Right. Well, that was a success. So take it success. Back. Um, you got to send someone good looking. It's for me. It's IQ and Darcy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's front line for me, just in terms of appearance and vibe. You'd, you'd have to th- you'd have to bolt on Cox as well, just being the um, the American. Yeah, I feel true, like yeah. I feel like you know she may have seen him on sixty minutes, so there might be an in. Yeah, she's a big sixty minutes watcher, Taylor, or Tay Tay. All right, I've got Tay Yeah, yeah, Tay Tay. I've got a plan B. Do you know who Olivia Sturgis is? It's a familiar name, but no. <laughs> Olivia Sturgis is Australia's number one Taylor Swift impersonator. Okay. Now I reckon if we are unsuccessful in our attempts to woo Tay Tay down to the AIA Centre. Mm. Then we use Olivia Sturgis as the red herring mm. and we get her down and we take her on a tour. Like I said, she shoots a few hoops. Mm-hmm. We put her in a, in, a, in a Collingwood jumper. We get her to sign and then we just, we just roll with it. <laughs> like literally just, just, just go out there. It's probably not the most authentic 
celebrity arms race we've ever done. But imagine when John Ralph lifts the lid off that scandal that actually oh, like yeah. seventy percent of Collingwood celebrities have, are impersonators, <laughs> like the double impersonators. Putin, you know, everyone's got a, the, the the fake Boris Johnson, fake Taylor Swift. I got. I got to say, Olivia Sturgis looks like. Oh, really? Looks like Taylor Swift. Like, yeah, not not one of those like whack, you know, celebrity impersonators. See, my honest that can dance. My honest advice would be like, we have dominated the celebrity arms race by targeting the <laughs> B and C grades and D yeah. grades. Um, of course, starting with the Godfather, Rob Lowe in the huddle. I yeah. think we should zig when everyone else is zagging. Not like four million people want a ticket to Swift. We should, mm. we should put out like a, we should leak a press release or leak a message to Swift saying that unfortunately we can't adhere to your request <laughs> to visit the Lexus Center this week, Taylor. Yeah, right. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, make a noise complaint because the team's training, something <laughs> like that. Just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think um, I think there's something in that though. I think if we if we do struggle to get Taylor we can we can maybe call Olivia she'd be really busy I reckon that around that time there'd be a lot of stuff going on for Olivia yeah um, and push calendar push comes to shove there's that dude that is the modern day in excess singer who we've got a relationship (laughs) with already what's his name John Stevens John Stevens yeah, yeah, we've, John we've Stevens. Yeah, if, if it all if it all goes pear, we can get John Stevens. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. Bob's had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's going to have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. All right, Alex, I'm going to dive into my hard yes for this week. Do it. And I was at the, I was at the game. I was, watching the, I was watching Collingwood play. Mm. And again, we've spoken about this so many times on the podcast. You can just, you can just see the pattern of play that, that Collingwood has really established as, as its trademark now. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've seen it elsewhere. Now, are you, are you familiar with the term edging? No. Okay. Uh, except so, for cricket. It's not, not a cricket. No, phrase. no, no. No, it's not. It's got nothing to do with nicking to slips. Okay. No, no. Ed- edging, edging is um, it's a process where you prolong, you know, an orgasm. Oh. By, 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 um, we back onto the NXS theme effectively dipping in and out, um, to yeah, to essentially prolong. So, like, if you look at Collingwood's the precipice of climax and then retreating in and out, yeah, oh, the in out, yeah, but not, not, not the physical in and out, but just like getting to the point where it's ready to go and then backing off. And then reloading and then going again. Yeah. And doing that consecutive over and over to build a heightened. Yeah, anyway. I'll tell you offline. But um, 
I was watching Collingwood play and Collingwood, Collingwood's game style mm. is very similar to edging. We start off incredibly strong. Yeah. And we look on track to actually just, you know, blow a team out of the blow water. Blow them out, yeah. And then we ease back. Mm. You know, we, 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 we pull out, we stop. Mm. And then the other team inevitably, you know, goes on to pile on, you know, six or seven unanswered goals. Tex Walker gets off the chain. Yeah. We get dominated across the ground. We don't worry too much. It's no. not too alarming. Because late- But we the, see that- Late in the game, we're just full of spunk. Then we get back to work. And then we eventually finish things off. And it's, it, it happens time and time again. Mm. I got two hard yeses. My first is our edging game plan. Okay. Conceived by none other than, you know, Zaddy of the year, Craig McRae. Mm-hmm. My other hard yes is it's finally happened. The hate river of slime has built up and it's back. Yeah. It's burst through the streets and you could just tell. I think it was kind of building after the West Coast game. Yeah. But in the aftermath of the Adelaide game, you had opposition teams. Winging. Taking pot shots at Collingwood, whinging. Yeah. Umpiring decisions. You had opposition supporters absolutely going nuts. Do you know what the lever was that released the River of Hate slime? It was the tearing of the goggles off. That was the moment when the football world woke up and we woke up and realized that, you know, these people go to go to any length to bring us down now that we're truly a threat. Whereas last year Mason caught go on. Yeah. No, Mason copped so much of the hatred as well. Like I was going to make a point of that. Like mm. he, was, he was singled out. You know, it wasn't about the act of having the glasses or the goggles ripped off. It was the fact that he had, you know, remonstrated. Yeah, exactly. You know, in his own kind of like- An Australian way. US bravado way, yeah. sort of like getting, getting called out. He's literally- some, some guy called him. He's literally the tall poppy. Like not the tall only poppy. is he American. <laughs> he, is, he is. He is the epitome yeah, of is. tall poppy. And he needs to be torn down at any moment from mm. an opposition perspective yeah. to bring him back to that and like then, leveling instinct we have. Pull your head in, Mason. That's what yeah. we're thinking all day. And then you have the journalists who are now, you know, using, I guess, the Collingwood, you know, the edging strategy mm. to kind of poke holes in that. And Again, like the media will, so many of the media in the last week are talking about how Collingwood's fallible and can be taken down. And yeah, just are they that. really that strong? Are they really the benchmark of the competition if they can't put teams to the sword? The headline I just saw, which I didn't click on, was from SCN, was literally how to beat Collingwood. Mm. And it was like that Hoyne guy who I think's champion data breaking it down. I didn't click on it because it's clickbait. But you're right. Yeah. The popular kind yeah, of and then perspective you get, is turned. Yeah, and then you get a lot of the the articles which will, you know, just talk about how Brisbane, you know, is just quietly going under the radar and or, or Port Adelaide's a team to like stuff that you could you could actually mount and you could argue a case, mm. but it it turns the cheek and it just ignores you know the strength that Collingwood's had over a long long period of time and all of the positive things that we've seen come come throughout this year. Well, we weren't. It just it ladders back. Yeah, we weren't a threat last year um, from people's perspective. that It was a fairy tale type 
momentum thing. People didn't expect us to win the flag. And I think that's the big factor that changed. It's very hard to really hate teams that are not a real threat to you, which is why we we never care about teams like, you know, the Bulldogs, for instance. Yeah, exactly. But now the needles turn that Collingwood looks like, you know, I mean, top of the ladder, all that stuff. It's funny, Damo, you, your hard yes, if I could just move on to my hard yes, because they're quite similar. Uh, you had edging. I had contrast therapy. Do you know what that is? No. So contrast therapy is the practice of doing alternate hot and cold um, like plunges into water. You can oh, imagine right. like going in like a jacuzzi and then running to the ice bath, jumping in there and back and forth. And it's good for your muscles, right? Yeah. Yeah, love, love contrast therapy. This, this, could have, this could have almost been a hard no because during the contrast therapy, which of course is like quarter by quarter, you know, second quarter on the weekend, hot. Third quarter, like icy, icy fucking cold. Mm. When you're actually doing it, you're jumping between the plunge pools. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's not just invigorating, it's confronting. It's, it's confronting on, you know, your entire physical system. But then the ultimate result is obviously it's good for your muscles. And I feel like mm. the kind of ringer that Collingwood puts us through in terms of this up and down hot and cold thing where we'll just slam on the brakes one quarter and accelerate through the fourth to knock teams off. It's kind of holding us in good stead longer terms. Like you get to finals. Like what haven't we seen? By the time we get to finals, you've seen everything. You've experienced the gamut yeah. of in-match emotions. That's my hard yes. It's preparing us. Contrast. I think that's a great, a great training method to get us prepped for the pointy end of the season. Mm. Yeah, my only hard no this week was, and I feel like I, I, I raise this every year, but the AFL Hall of Fame was announced. It was. And we had an alumni um, inducted, didn't we? We did. Mm-hmm. We did. Worth a mention. And who did we have inducted? Sorry. Mark Williams. Williams. That's it. That's it. Chopper Williams. You know who wasn't there? I think he sits 16 on the list of all time AFL goal kickers. Majek. Severia Rocker. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a good shout. Overlooked again. Overlooked again for the, for the AFL Hall of Fame. I think I saw a quote that he's the only player in the top 20 all-time goal kickers that is not. Yeah, how does a player like Jimmy Bartell, I guess it's kind of premiership biased. How premiership, does that kind of yeah, but, game before Sav? I think premierships and, and Brownlows. But if you, if you look at the Sav Rocker story, like to dominate for a club which wasn't doing that well, mm. to have such a fluent kicking style, mm. to give back to the game in terms of coaching, to have been of Italian descent and inspired a generation. Mm. Cross code too. Not that that really matters. But. Cross code. Cross code is worth singling out that he took those skill sets, that he that he was leading goal kicker at North Melbourne. Um, and did he? Yeah, I just find it rough. I find co- it really, really weird. Did he co-own Mark's place, Italian eatery, or is that just Anthony? I think he did. I think he did. Let's put that. I on think his he. CV I think he was. Well. A, he was a silent investor. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the AFL is doing with that one. I, th- I just think. One thing I was chuffed yeah. about was to see Bruce McAvaney inducted. Now, question with that notice, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll 
I'll start by saying that, you know, he's really one of my top couple of commentators of my lifetime. Not only his skill set across AFL, but across all sports, famous for the Olympics and the Kathy Freeman commentary and, you know, a host of other massive moments in Australian sport. But for me, his ability, despite being a small man, to enter this kind of guttural vocal territory yes. and to really yeah. kind of like get the juices flowing of excitement in a big moment. I think it was kind of second to none and I'll contrast it with BT who I think, as we've discussed before, is more bluster and bombastic and it's like the theatre of BT. Personally, I feel like I can, see, I can see straight through it. I don't think he's believing it. With Bruce, there was a sense of authenticity in his excitement, which which I miss, and yeah. I'm stoked to see him in there. This is a few years ago now. I've got a Bruce story. I was, I went to the Adelaide Oval and I saw Collingwood play Adelaide. Right. And Collingwood won. It was a really convincing win. It was a great win. And I was boarding the flight home. It was a Virgin flight, and Bruce was in business class. Mm. And he was sitting down with with a champagne, and he had the racing form guide. Yeah, he must have done so much research, that guy. And then behind me was that Adelaide guy. What's his name? Mark Rusciuto. Right. And he said, he was, so he was behind me. We, we were like just kind of waiting to kind of, you know, get to our seats. He, look, he said, hey, Bruce. Bruce looked up and he said, it was special, wasn't it? <laughs> what? And that's all he said. To Rusciuto. To Rusciuto. And then I took my seat and it was kind of the most Bruce McAvaney thing ever. The way you said it, it was almost like he was parodying himself, but was he just almost talking to- No, no, no. He, no, he was, he was genuinely like, you know, he was just loving it. So he's kind of- So happy. He'd kind of just go through his life in, in commentary mode with that voice. He, got, he, he did get a lot, like a bit of flack in an ugly kind of way around- like almost like semi-bigoted kind of like people having a go at him for being, um, you know, almost kind of homophobic slurs against Bruce and stuff like that, which is ridiculous. But I think the key is like in Australia, if you really wear your heart on your sleeve, um, you know, you can, be a, you can be a target for mine across his career. You know, the combination he made with Dennis Cometti. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. Just all time, the yin and yang. Of that relationship, Dennis's one-liners, uh, Bruce's play-by-play, and you know, excitement factor. Well done, Bruce. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've spent ten minutes on Bruce and like almost no yeah, time it. on Mark Williams, but they're all. Um, <laughs> I don't really, I don't really remember that those that commentary or those slurs around Bruce. But to that point, like if you think of if you think of football, certainly in the nineties, mm. like it was this hyper masculine. Like if you look at, if you look at NRL if you ever listen to NRL commentary now it's just the biggest bonehead dudes you know spitting into a microphone yeah and Bruce was really the antithesis of that he was he's a pro you know he was a pro he was a seasoned professional more like you'd expect to see in sort of like US sports well he's where he's the guy who you don't do get any the sport. job you don't get the job because you kicked three hundred and fifty goals. Or had seventeen concussions. You get the job because you're a broadcaster. You know you're the best. Yeah. And and um, what's his name's in the same vein? Uh, Jared Wheatley. Jared Wheatley. Jared, Jared Wheatley. Wheatley. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah like, you know, I think he fingers. comes from a music writing background. No, I agree. And I, I like both of them. Oh, they're obviously on, on, the, on the more cerebral side of football commentary. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there's a flavour of ice cream for every small child. And for me, yeah. you know, the chalk mint of Bruce um, paired with the coconut of Kometi, hard to beat. Yeah, it's hard to beat. I think the next Bruce McAvaney is Josh Gabalich. <laughs> Are you familiar a- with this guy? Yeah, the Adam's apple. He's not he's not a commentator, is he? He's like a well, I haven't heard scribe. him speak yet. I haven't yeah. I haven't heard him speak, but let me let me say this guy, I saw him at the game and he looked extraordinary. He looked fantastic. He's just so so well put together. Has this amazing sort of wheel of fortune style hair. Um great strong jawline. This is the same guy protruding called, Adam's apple. Same guy I called Josh Garbalich when he said something bad about Collingwood a year ago. But now, yeah, but but his star is what, rising. Uh, th- you're saying Josh Gabalich now is the Collingwood Whisperer. I don't know if you know this, but or you've picked up on it. But every time there's like a really big feel good Collingwood story, if he inter- if someone interviews Jeremy Howe before his before the return game, if you know the recent article about the Collingwood crowds um, this season being absolutely off the chain and the Magpie Army in full force, mm. um. It's always Josh Gabalich, and he is the Collingwood mole. So he has been ushered into the AIA centre, AIA centre, been given full privileges. Interesting. And uh, he, he, every article seems to be about Collingwood. He is the Collingwood media team's go-to journalist. Right. Because he, he looks good. I don't know if he sounds good. He writes good. <laughs> and he's been instrumental in the rise of Collingwood this year in terms of the the amount of strong, fantastic puff pieces that we've been seeing. <laughs> puff. And I just saw him and I was like shocked. And I, I think if he can speak, if he can string a couple of sentences together, we will very quickly see him. Well, there's an opening, isn't there? You know, in uh, front of camera. In the post-Moriarty landscape, there's an opening for someone with a good face, a good voice, and <laughs> yep. heaps of bias. Yeah. He could be the guy to interview Taylor, actually. Down at the uh, AI center, maybe he is the dele- Maybe we put him as part of the de- the delegation. Mm-hmm. Write like. her, ghost write her her next biography, or even write some songs. Potentially, he looks like he could do that. Bit of a trend at the moment, Alex. Yeah, of brands turning to Collingwood to fix their floundering sales. Okay. You mean Now Clorox. we had the new Clorox. We had an Omo. We had the yogurt company mm-hmm. that has um, shacked up with Quainer. And I think that's a really good... I just want to go on record here as saying I think that's a really good brand association because, yeah, I don't know. Just every time I see a spot with Quainor, I believe it. Yep. Um, he's really comfortable on camera. I've seen, we've seen um, the fashion retailer Platypus, you know, big into street style and sneakers. Okay. Tap Lipinski. Oh, yeah. Well, Lipinski's he's, long had a couple of associations in the, in the fashion world, but. He's got a face for billboards, that boy. He does. We, we're seeing him 
you know, on his TikTok, do a lot of a lot of work in this area, a lot of SponCon paid partnerships. Pendlebury is doing his best to save the ailing KO. Right. Um, always in the always in the ads, but the best and my two recent favorite examples have to be both from Carlton United Breweries. Okay. The first one was I don't know sure not sure if you saw this, but it was a a very a very nifty tie-in with selection. Ah, um, it was yes. released on the socials last week mm. where Craig McRae and Justin Lepich were playing a game of Guess Who. Yeah, yeah, saw this. What do you think? And it was sponsored by Carlton Zero. Right. The non-alcoholic uh, beverage and you could see it was very awkward. It was fun, but it was very awkward at the end. They, you know, they tried to cheers and then they sort of one pulled out and then they missed it and it didn't really work. I reckon a couple of years ago during the Buckley era, Pie Hard might have been the ones to do the lighthearted takedown of match committee by suggesting that, you know, they use guess who the board game to select the team. But now the whole landscape's changed so quickly whereby the literally the, the, the main leadership of the club is willing to open themselves up to this kind of parody. It almost like begs the question, what's our role? <laughs> Was it a function on, on the weekend? And, you know, when you, you're there and there's, you know, someone's like, oh, you should meet this guy. He's, you know, he's a, he's a mad pies guy. Oh, yeah, happens you know, all the time. And loves a pies. And, and then the podcast like, okay, gets right, mentioned. Yeah. And then there's yeah. expectation on their side. And often people will try and test your knowledge or something to see if you really are a mad pie. Well, this happened to me on the weekend and um, someone's like, you should meet Jeff. Now, he works at the Bureau of Meteorology <laughs> um, and, <laughs> you know, Awesome guy, and I, I tracked him down. Mm. We started talking about Collingwood, and he he kind of he brought a couple of things up that you said. He was like, he was like, oh, did you see the, did you see the video of Craig McRae playing that game? What, what's that game called? Mm. And I'm like, guess who? And he's like, yeah, yeah, wasn't that amazing? I was like, yeah, it was really good. And he's like, oh, did you see, did you see earlier in the year, Bo McCreary, Craig McRae got Bo McCreary's mum. In to give the <laughs> yeah. the pre match address, and I was like, "Yeah, Jeff, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that one." Loved it, loved it, Jeff. And he goes, "It's just so good, isn't it?" He was, he was, it was, yeah, because we can be a little bit cynical on Pie Hard, but you know, we also love that stuff as well. So we also wear our heart on our sleeve a lot of the yeah. time. But just when when you're in an environment like that, and I mean, obviously Jeff's not massive on socials, so he doesn't know that every single person on the planet has seen those two videos or anyone that's kind of associated with the club. Yeah. But just, you know, you're kind of expecting of a, of, a, of a man in his kind of 60s to, you know, not have, have the same response maybe as you on, on a couple of these, these, these things. But yeah, we're all just, just to see the smile. Together, aren't we? Yeah. Just, just riding it, it, just riding it together. And I walked away from that conversation. You know, it wasn't a conversation about who's doing well and who's failing or, you know, what we need to do, get, do to get better no, or the fact vibe. that we can't put teams away. Or, yeah. It's just all love. Well, we, it's just we, Collingwood love. As we touched on a couple of weeks ago, Collingwood supporters right now only talk about football when we lose. And the rest of the time it's just a big love in. <laughs> there, was, there was one other sort of example of, um, of branded content that we saw from Carlton United Breweries. Mm. And um, I'm not sure if you saw this, but it was a collaboration between um, CUB and Foxtel Ad Sales. Right. And they've tapped... The Collingwood captain Darcy Moore. Oh, okay, this is the one feature. you sent to me here. Okay, should I play? Yeah, it? yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't. Know, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. But let me just let me just set it up because if you haven't seen it, um, Good Tides 
is CUB's seltzer. Okay. Hard seltzer brand. Mm. Um, and for this spot, they were really looking to just demonstrate that there are other usage occasions for seltzer beyond summer. Right. All right Beach, cl- hot weather, outdoor parties, and making it permissible to drink seltzer in, in winter. So let, let's play it now. This is Darcy Moore with a couple of special guests flogging good tides. Mm. What if I had a seltzer in winter? Darcy, is it true you're drinking seltzers in winter? Uh, yeah. But it's winter. What's happening in Darcy Moore's head? Oh, it's baffling, Jared. What season does he think he's in? It's winter. Good tides. Good choice. Gee, I think you're onto something here, Darcy. It's always time for a good tides. Spoke to a couple of people in the biz, and I've got to say, it's a, it's not a bad effort. Um, sure, not a not a not a hugely significant budget. Mm. Um, there are some 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 plot holes, I guess, with Darcy Moore's performance, but in all, um, not a bad not a bad uh, foray into into acting for mm. um, the Collingwood captain. I think he pulls it off. He does look beautiful on screen. And yeah, like the like the like the special guests. Have you been watching the Arnold documentary on Netflix at all? No, I haven't started that. It's great. Is it good. It's really good watching. It's surprisingly good. Surprisingly inspiring. Yeah. Like his story from childhood all the way through. But the thing that really rams home, which I guess I was obviously aware of growing up with Arnold, as like my man, the preeminent action hero of my childhood. Um, but I never really gave as much credence to it as, as I probably should have, is that the way he had these completely different phases in his career and he obviously became massive in the bodybuilding scene. He was multiple Mr. Universe. And then that kind of propelled him out of Austria and traveling the world and settling in LA. And then, of course, he became like a real American success story through films, megastar. Yep. And then the third phase being politics and he became governor of California. But if there's a guy in the AFL or VFL ever in my life who, to me, genuinely smacks of like that potential, that Arnold Schwarzenegger potentiality in terms of breaking through, you know, the thresholds of of different zones in life and, mm. and succeeding in multiple different ways, it would be Darcy. Like, you're right, he can act a bit in this. We know he can speak and he's got ideas. Um, and he's got a conscience, and then he's this incredible athlete. And we've, I guess we're banging on about it every week now. He's the unicorn. But you're right, he, he's done a good job. He's done a good job in the ad, and I can see a very lucrative future for him in this kind of product world. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the uh, marketability of someone like Darcy Moore mm. um, as Collingwood captain over the next years, just, you know, being on par with his, his, his on-field um, exploits. There's just something magnetizing about him and just his ability to, you know, ability to, to communicate 
on the stage is, is second to none. One thing I will say though, Damo, and I'm no expert. I'm not ad expert, um, ad world expert. Like I've watched Gruen like the next man. But maybe you can maybe you can give me an opinion, opinion on this. But surely you can cast your net too wide as a brand. And to me, like having Darcy on one end, the, the full Renaissance human, <laughs> and then Robbo in the same ad, both yeah. drinking the seltzer at the end. Like I'm not sure that target audience aspect of that really works. Like that's just trying to that's trying to be a catch-all, like every single person can drink this seltzer. Because I would have thought in ad world you'd be more targeted. Fair? Yeah, I, I, I think um, <clears throat> I think they pulled it off, but it's, it's definitely risky getting Robbo to be involved in anything that's meant to make a product look alluring mm. or attractive. Yeah, that's just it's not a, the it's market. A, it's, 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 a, it's a very dicey move, but I think, I think in this instance, knowing it was produced by Foxtel. Right. Um, leaning into the fact that, you know, Robbo playing the central casted character of, like, Kane Corns would have been better, um, Mm. in my opinion. A bit younger and he's actually, like, fit. He's not on- A bit younger, fit, but also, like, you know, the villain in the piece. True. Saying it can't be done or shouldn't be done or, you know, he's wrong for doing it. And being turned. That's my only only take. I don't know if he's a Foxtel, you know, sponsored player. One thing I will say before we leave the the topic of, um, I guess, all this levity coming out of the Lexus Center, uh, all these good vibes and brand sponsorships and, you know, humorous scripts is I can see trends like internationally and watching the Ashes right at the moment. Basball with the English team, they're so at pains to demonstrate at every turn that they're having a great time. I call it weaponizing happiness. And you could you could argue that Collingwood, you know, has kind of weaponized wholesomeness a bit, and we're becoming this destination club, and we're all over it. Like we're all for it. We think it's a really powerful move, um, a cultural move for Collingwood to go down that path. But with the English team, you know, we're only one day into the second test as we as we record, and all that manufactured happiness and like buoyancy, and we do things our way, and we're about self expression, and you know, no one can tell us how we should play. All that happiness like comes to naught if you're not winning, and I, I kind of think yeah. about that with Collingwood. It's like, and we laugh about it with Carlton. Like you know, they try and copy us and get like someone else to do the pre-match address. But you know, if they're losing, it doesn't matter. Like it's it's cooked. So I think that like it's almost like make hay while the sun shines. Yes, we're on cloud nine. Yes, we're able to produce all this really entertaining, engaging content. And yes, the magpie hordes, us included, are just force-feeding ourselves, you know, into gluttony while we can. But yeah. it all rests in the end of the day on the foundation of winning. And as soon as you yeah. lose that, I think a lot of this doesn't become viable. Yeah. Also, I think the pressure, the pressure, the, the additional pressure that it places on someone like Craig McRae now who has kind of established this template with his players that, there's going to be laughs. It's going to be left field. Um, you know, we're, we're really hyper-focused on winning, mm. obviously, and, and doing the, the small things well and building up those habits. But, you know, it's like, it's like anything on social media. Like once you have a hit, like you're chasing the next one. Yeah. You know, what's next? And yeah, the, the expectations. Bar's so high now. 
grow. The bar's so high. And that's why I think we touched on this a few episodes ago where the best thing that Craig McRae could do at the moment would be to hire like a Hollywood sort of script writer. Rob Lowe. And a, um, and a comedian, like a writer's room essentially. Like get a, a, a bunch of people together to generate, you know, a season's worth of funny, interesting things to do but, before a game. But as soon as you do that, you stray into the territory of being non, not genuine because it's, it's, it's literally manufactured. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking more that, you know, Craig McRae is involved in the writing. It's, it's no different to your reference of Saturday Night Live. They don't write all their jokes. They have joke writers for them. Right. But you get the individual comedians yeah. to take it, own it, and put their own spin on it. So I think it would need to still feel very McRae-like. But yeah, have some support, some some additional creative firepower. I'm just picturing to help. the um the spreadsheet for the soft cap, like Alec Baldwin, <laughs> Eddie Murphy, <laughs> like millions of dollars spent yeah. on the scripting for Fly and Lippage. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would have to, that would have to come out of the soft cap, wouldn't it? They could have done with a script a good scriptwriter for the Guess Who spot because it was a great idea. Um, yeah, look, could have been better, but it was a great I think, idea. I think it was just the performances that let that one down. But again, we're we're really happy to not pick holes in that one because I think um, you could tell those guys were having a lot of fun. And yeah, um, yeah, I, I think the performance that the 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 performances let it down. I don't know how many takes they did of that. They probably they did pains like three until he told them to get out. They included the out take at the end as like a blooper. So they were at pains to show that they were having fun and they were struggling to be actors. And there's always that kind of element of like, yes, we're going to go for comedy here, but we're going to show that we're down to earth. And we don't take it. We don't take ourselves too seriously because that would be un-Australian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. All right, let's finish this one off. Um, game against Gold Coast on the weekend. I'm, I'm presuming we're not going up for that one. No, well, there was some talk about... Um, Getting up to sunny Gold Coast. I mean, it reminds me of um, the answer is no. It reminds me of um, contrast therapy, like for the pies. I mean, you, this blizzard-like conditions in Melbourne, and then up to what twenty-four degrees, weird, slippery, you know, conditions up there at Metricon, which is no longer called Metricon. It's always like a unique. It's always a unique and contrasting experience. And I would say, Damien, don't, don't know if you agree. Excuse me. I would say. Toughest road trip in football. It's certainly it's certainly proving that way. I think the the Collingwood Football Club should have you know should have approached this a little bit differently. I think we should have all flown up to the Gold Coast straight after the Adelaide game. Mm. Was it Sunday? Sunday night, and then just had a mini break after another mini break. It's not a bad idea. And just use the time to kind of train. Refresh, like we don't do many of those away trips. I think that's the way you tackle that really difficult and tricky Gold Coast outing. Familiarize yourself with the climate, get out of Melbourne, mm. get some slippery balls, get moving Nathan around. Murphy in a barrel again. Hit the beach and then take it on. But yeah, it's an interesting game. It's one of those games where, you know, Collingwood either come out and win convincingly or we lose by 30 points. Um, the Gold Coast is just a very, you know, you're really not sure what you're going to get with those guys at the moment, but I like to think of this game as the um, as not Gold- Collingwood versus Gold Coast, but the Ben King medical. 
So we just we'll just watch him very closely, see how he turns, see how he kind of moves and balks, see what his spring is like. Maybe take some data, yeah, and um, like bash him in the side, hand of the that ACL over just to stress test it. Hand that over to Graham and um and Decker to do with that what they will. But um, no, I'm really excited. I'm also excited this weekend because it's it's hard rubbish where I live. Oh, do you nice. get really excited when hard rubbish comes to town? Uh, I get excited when they take it away because it's a relief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to look at it anymore. Yeah, I'm an accumulator. Like if I was yeah. if I got gout in one leg and um, you know, started to lose my mobility, I'd be a hoarder. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, um, let us know what you're doing. Let us know how you're watching the, the Gold Coast game this weekend. If you're heading up there, let us know what it's like. Send us some photos at Pie Hard Podcast. Alex, um, short and sharp one this week, but we'll be back next week to um yeah, continue. And we'll keep working on this um, this Taylor Swift idea that we've got. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week. This... Let's do some edging with the edge. Is pie hard. Come here to justify One man to own